Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker. We go now to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and Mike Renner is the lead draft analyst for Pro Football Focus. The Notre Dame grad is happy and joins us on 101 ESPN. Mike, thanks so much for taking some time with us. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Well, first of all, we're going to have Kyron Williams on the show later. He's a St. Louis guy, and as the lead draft analyst for Pro Football Focus, you must know about Kyron. What do you think so far? Man, he had himself a day this past Saturday. Uh, again, what I noticed most is pass protection. He was doing really well in that regard, which that, that actually moves the needle for a lot of NFL teams when you're talking about drafting a guy, uh, you know, day three. If they can pass protect, you can make a roster in the NFL. Mike, we also want to ask you about the outcome of the game. How was that? What was that like for you to watch Notre Dame upset Clemson? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, that was probably <laughs> since you know I went to Notre Dame starting twenty oh eight, and they just haven't had to win quite like that in the time that I've been a Notre Dame fan. So uh, that one was special, and obviously it's going to come with an asterisk without Trevor Lawrence. But I think they'll see him again in the AC Championship game, and hopefully do it again. What do you think it is? What makes this Notre Dame team? And Brian Kelly's done a great job. He's recruited a lot of really good players that have succeeded in the NFL. So what makes this team different? I think it's they finally have athletes on defense. They have been, you know, in the Brian Kelly era, they've been known for what they can do offensively and getting guys like, you know, Chase Claypool and offensive weapons and offensive linemen in the NFL, but never really had impact players on defense. But I think this team with Jeremiah Wusukoromo, you saw him with, you know, the fumble touchdown return. He's probably going to be a top 20 pick next year. Kyle Hamilton, the safety He's only a true sophomore, but he's going to be a top 20 pick whenever he does come out. So I think for the first time in a long time, they actually have guys on that side of the ball that are real deal NFL type of players and NFL athletes. Okay, Mike, we had this conversation earlier in the show. We want to bring you into it. So out of these three young quarterbacks, which do you think is going to have the better career based on the small sample size that we have already? Is it Joe Burrow, Tua Tunga-Vailoa, or Justin Herbert? Who do you have the most confidence in out of those three guys? I'm going to go back to the pre-draft eval, and that was Joe Burrow was far and away my quarterback one in that draft class. Uh, now they've all looked very impressive as rookies. I, I did not expect all three of them to hit the ground running as well as they have because they just went to bad situations. Like none of those guys have an offensive line at all uh, pass blocking for them, but they've all played really well so far, but I'll stick with Burrow because his accuracy, his ball placement, even compared to those two guys who are, who have been good in their own right is just on another level. That guy can put it 
pretty much whoever he wants to. And I think that's, that's the most important thing uh, still on an NFL football field is not missing throws. If the Dolphins can hit on some of these picks that they have, their own and Houston's, they can really acquire some surrounding talent for Tua as well. They, they can put him in a great situation if they hit on these draft choices. Yeah, they they kind of look like at the moment the sort of blueprint for a rebuild and that, uh, you know, they acquired as many draft picks as they could banking on the fact that they're going to have a ton of young talent all coming together at once. And then they sign, you know, valuable positions. They sign, go out and sign a cornerback in Byron Jones. They resign their own cornerback in Xavier Howard. They make sure to you know, hold on to the positions that are difficult to find quality players at, uh, and then fill out the roster with a bunch of young talent. So they have a bunch of cap flexibility, a bunch of draft picks. They look poised to, uh, you know, overtake kind of the Patriots as the preeminent team in the AFC East. Speaking of the Patriots, Mike, do you think they're a playoff team? Oh, God, no. Not at this <laughs> point. That, that defense is too old. Cam Newton is not the Cam Newton that won an MVP in 2015. This team is just its too flawed of a roster at this point for even, you know, Belichick to overcome. Even if they would get their guys that opted out back, and a lot of those guys are going to be in their mid-30s as defensive players. Are they a couple of years away from having a pretty solid roster again? Yeah, honestly, that's the thing, is that they got old very quickly. All those impact players that made the defense so great last year, like the McCourty brothers are 33 now. Stephon Gilmore's 30. They're not getting better. You're only getting worse at that point. And yeah, if you look, the biggest thing is you look at their past three or four drafts and there's just not an impact player since, you know, Trey Flowers when they drafted him and he's gone now. He lost the free agency. They just have not really been hitting on draft picks. And that's the lifeblood of any roster, especially when, uh, you know, you're a team like the Patriots and you're kind of not in great salary cap position where you can't add it through free agency. So the fact that it's having on draft picks, like I said, they're probably at least two years away from really being back to the Patriots that we saw in the years past. Uh, Mike, you had a great piece at Pro Football Focus on Daniel Jones. You really assessed his body of work and outlined how it's hard to drill in and find a significant area of improvement in his game. So what do you think? Are the Giants ready to give up on him? Should they take a quarterback in the 2021 draft? I think that's the scary thing is they're not ready to give up on him. I think they still believe in him. Every sort of report that comes out from Joe judge or Dave Gettleman is that they fully support him and that they just need, he needs to have a better situation around him. And the scary thing is how long are you going to keep saying that? You know, it it is objectively not a great situation, but I think they do have quality wide receivers. They have guys that can get open and there's still, you know, you can evaluate the the two point conversion that he threw behind was it Deion Lewis was a bad play. Like he hasn't made, and he threw a pick against the Bucks that same game earlier on that drive that should have been picked off it went right to a linebacker's chest. Like there are plays that he makes that have nothing to do with the town around him consistently uh, at this point where I think you can say as an outside observer, enough is enough. Now they might be too close to him. Dave Gettleman's obviously his job is very much tied to the success of Daniel Jones. But I think in today's NFL, the worst thing you can do is put yourself in a Bears-esque Mitch Trubisky situation where you're just tied to this guy and he's weighing you down for years and years to come. Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus with us on 101 ESPN. And Mike, I want to stay in the NFC East and you use the term enough is enough. You retweeted a story about Carson Wentz. When is enough enough for Carson Wentz and with Carson Wentz in Philly? 
that's the tough one because, you know, they did draft Jalen Hurts in the second round. They obviously are worried about whether it's, you know, Carson Wentz not being able to stay healthy, never, you know, making it through a season to the playoffs or whatnot. But I do think the injuries or something has caught up to him at this point. That's not the same guy we saw. It's not similar to Cam Newton where it's just it's a different player altogether at this point after back and knee injuries. Sometimes you're not the same guy, and it's not only just decision-making. It's he is not accurate with the football anymore. And so I think with his contract situation and all that, you're not benching him. You're not going to get rid of him this season. You're still leading the NFC East. But I think after this year, you have to seriously consider if this is what the guy you see the whole year, if he really is going to be part of your future plans. Because if this is what he looks like for the rest of 2020, I'm – I'm going elsewhere. I'm going Jalen Hurts or I'm looking in the draft. You know, that's what happened here with Bradford because they just kept hoping and hoping that he could overcome the injuries, and obviously he never did, and same thing happened in Philly and ultimately in Minnesota. Sometimes you just have to recognize that, hey, this guy's never going to be consistently healthy for you. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest takeaway from watching Wentz this year is that the injuries have caught up to him. Like, there's no, I don't think there's any going back to the guy he was before. Now, some of the decisions can clean up and you can get some better talent around him, but it's not like it's not like they have an awful offensive line. It's not like they have awful, awful receivers. Like there's still enough to work if he was the guy he was before and he's just not. I want to ask you about one more quarterback, Mike, and that's another St. Louis product in Drew Locke. The assessments of him are all over the board. Sometimes people think he can be the guy and maybe the Broncos haven't put enough around him. Other times people are not so sure he's the answer in Denver. So what's your evaluation of Drew Locke up to this point? Yeah, the consistency aspect just isn't there to me. And the making good decisions with the football, playing winning football, uh, you know, not not, – not throwing those YOLO balls. And that's kind of what he's been known for going back to Missouri is just, uh, you know, when things start to break down, he's heaving it up. And I just don't think you've seen the development from year one to year two. Now you did get hurt, but I'm still kind of, I think there's a reason why he fell to the second round. I think we're kind of seeing that with him where there's just not that polish uh, that you'd like to see from a franchise quarterback. Like him and Justin Herbert are very similarly talented, I'd say, quarterbacks in terms of what they bring to the table. Justin Herbert just looks a lot more polished in terms of going through reads and getting to his guys on time, whereas Drew Locke still kind of has that gunslingeriness to his game where he's not really playing within the timing of the offense. Hey, Mike, before we let you go, Michelle has been a devotee of The Bachelorette <laughs> for years, and she she does research on our guests. So she's aware of, of your history and your past. Can you give us just a little tidbit? How how real are those shows that we watch every week? Okay, so pretty much anything you'll see on TV, you were put in a situation to, like, to, to not to, they don't tell you what to say, but they say, "Hey, sit here with them and talk about X." So it's it's you still have free will to a degree, but you're not. This isn't really just a camera following a few people around the house. They're, it's a setup, uh, sort of produced show. Also, Mike, do you watch the show? So I used to, and I actually haven't gone on. And then seeing kind of the behind the scenes and all the people. I do, it's not as interesting to me anymore because I know when there's like this, you know, you, you like those kind of cringeworthy moments where someone does something really dumb. 
I know having seen behind the scenes that those guys are kind of, they're self-selecting for guys who maybe aren't the smartest and maybe that they can influence to do some dumb things. So I kind of just, kind of just turned me off a little bit from it. Was it, when you did it though, was it fun? Actually being there was not fun. There's not much to do until, until you're actually on like a date. You're just kind of sitting around a house. Like I was sitting in a hot tub for like eight hours one day <laughs> just because you can't watch TV. You can't go on the internet. So yeah, it's, it's, it was kind of boring being there, but it was a fun experience on the whole. So you couldn't watch football or do any sort of, of work on football the entire time you were there? No, it was during free agency actually. And I'm, I'm like asking producers for updates on like where a guy <laughs> signed. I'm like, where'd, where'd Josh sit and go? And they're like, uh, who? Yeah, so I know, right? <laughs> well, we're glad you made it to, to Pro Football Focus. You're doing great work. Thanks so much for the time. We enjoy having you on, and we'll do it again soon. For sure. Thanks so much for having me. Have a good one. You too, Mike. Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus on 101 ESPN. What an interesting background. Notre Dame and uh, The Bachelorette. You never know what you're going to get in somebody. Yeah. You know, I've only watched The Bachelor or Bachelorette two seasons. One time we had to watch it at work at ESPN. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to, but they're so into it up at ESPN because ESPN and ABC have the ties with Disney. Right. Mel Kuyper had a Bachelor, Bachelorette fantasy big board that, that he would do. <laughs> People were obsessed. So one time we watched it because Aaron Rodgers' brother, Jordan Rodgers, was on it, and we thought it might be funny content. So I watched that one, and then I watched the following season after that. But it was hard for me to get into. And it's not a surprise that it's not really real. No, most good shows are produced well. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Like this one. Thank you, Scotty. Coming up, we've got The Fight, a returning fighter on 101 ESPN.